Hello, fellow listeners. Welcome to the Food for Thought podcast, where we inspire you to think and feed you knowledge that can be applied to your everyday life. I'm your host, Juan Cruz. And today, before we get this podcast started off, first of all, just wanted to remind everybody, don't forget to rate, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Um, this helps us out tremendously, especially because big tech algorithms, I'm starting to feel this now. I've known this and I've kind of felt a little bit of it, but big tech algorithm always makes things to put certain podcasts all the way to the top. When you're talking about truth, reality, things that are speaking about the news, whether it's anti-vaccine or uh, anything about politics that doesn't fit, I, I mean, it's been open about the liberal left agenda, especially with Google's new jigsaw, that they are preconditioning minds to start to read fake news. So big tech algorithm does not like to have people that are constantly speaking honest, truthful thought. Even if it's loving, helping people out, doesn't matter. So rate the podcast, share the podcast, and subscribe to the podcast. So rating it, it helps me out tremendously. Like I said, to be big tech algorithm, share the podcast. It helps always, whoever listens to the podcast, I think majority of the people that listen to it always come back and tell me how much it's helped them out, how many difficulties that they were going through before, and how it's helped them out with their boyfriend, their girlfriends, their moms, their fathers, children's work relationships, whatever it may be. So <clears throat> definitely check that out whenever you get the chance. Um, just quick few seconds. All you have to do is just click a five star or whatever it is that you want to rate me. Uh, and then also for subscribe and notif- get the hit that notification bar, that little plus sign on the top of the Apple podcast. So then you'll get notifications every time that I drop a new podcast because I never know what it is that I am dropping them. So yeah, it'll definitely be a good notification for you. So you'll know when the new podcast get dropped. Now, before we get started, definitely wanted to do a shout out to a sponsor that has helped out uh, for the podcast, which is Bon Appetit. And uh, it's located in... 386 Norwich Westerly Road. So definitely check them out. They are an amazing restaurant with Italian food. I mean, it is phenomenal. Bon Appetit. Now, I always tell people, listen, when you go out and you're trying to get food and you're going to a place where you don't really know, a city, right? Always try to look for ratings that are like, if you want a good experience, 4.0 and up, right? At a five-star rating. Now, if you want something pretty decent and you want it to be really good, 4.2 or higher. Now, if you want something kind of on the impressive side, 4.5, right? Usually, it's very hard to find places that have had so many thousands of ratings and to maintain a five-star because the odds of that are probably slim to none. So, guess what the rating for Bon Appetit Restaurante is? It is 4.5. So if you're ever out here in Connecticut and there's a lot of different things that you can do, you can go out to the beaches. We have some beautiful beaches. We have some beautiful things, uh, wildlife. We're not big on the city. You do have Hartford, Stanford, and New Haven, but I'll be honest with you. I've never been been a big person that says go out to the city. So definitely if you want to come out, Uh, Also, to check out Foxwoods, we have the two biggest casinos in the world. So Foxwoods, number one, Mohegan, number two. 
And if you're out here checking them out and you want to go to a beautiful restaurant that definitely hits the right spot for Italian food, well, Bon Appetit Restaurante, located in 386 Norwich Westerly Road in North Stonington, Connecticut. So definitely give them a shout out. They've been a sponsor to this podcast. So definitely uh, support them and let them know that Food for Thought podcast sent you. All right, so let's kick this off. Now, why am I doing this podcast today? Because me and my wife were sitting down and, you know, we're sitting down looking at different um, videos online. And sometimes we do this, you know, to see what's different news, what's happening in different cities, um, just to kind of keep up with what's happening in the nation. So uh, we decided to look up what's happening in different schools. So what do you think is one of the top things that popped out? Like, take a few seconds just to think about that. What do you think popped up in out of the different things that the news could talk about in schools? So I was thinking that it was going to be something along the lines of um, probably education. I thought that it was going to be something in the lines of uh, food, um, teachers. No. The thing that popped up the most was students that were attacking teachers now this is a big thing because to be attacking a teacher is not something uh not something that you could laugh at not something funny not something that we should take in our society and say let's post it up on tiktok and make it super famous and people can like it or put thumbs up or thumbs down this is not something that we should be applauding or even making famous in any way, shape, or form. Because this, what this shows, what the fact that uh, so many students are attacking teachers in America, what it shows is that we have not taught our students, our children, we have not taught our children to respect the hierarchy. And you would think, well, there's so many teachers that are abusive. If you're saying this, you are already a parent <clears throat> that, probably does not discipline your child and the first thing you're doing is already defending the child before you don't even know anything of what I'm about to say so this is a clear sign if you're already making a defense with the teachers you are one of these parents now I was looking at one where most of these are just the the teacher correcting a child okay now, it is not the job of the teacher to correct the child. Remember this. The job of the teacher is to teach. But in order for her to maintain order in her classroom, she must correct the child. She must discipline the child when he is doing wrong. She must tell him that he is doing wrong. Now, we're living in a society now where um, I have a brother who is a teacher and my sister-in-law is also a teacher. Now, we're living in a society where they tell them that you cannot tell the child that he's doing bad. Always find ways to compliment him, to say good things. Now, don't get me wrong. I do think that there is some importance in complimenting. And I think there is importance in uh, telling somebody that they're doing wrong. <clears throat> you know, in, right now, there's uh, a lot of parents who will say constantly, you know, well, why should I tell my kid that, you know, thank you or good job for cleaning his room when that's his job? That's what he needs to do. Well, because 
if you want your child to do more things that are along the lines of what you see to be good, well, then you, you acknowledge it when the moment comes. And notice this whenever you do this, uh, even with your spouses, with your spouses, if you see that they do a great job at dinner, take the time to tell them, good job. Because they're going to be happy. Do you think that they cook dinner just to say the hell with everything? No, in some ways they're also cooking dinner because they want to please and, and gratify you. They can say the hell with it and say, eat whatever the hell you want and then just feed the kid. But they also choose to feed you too. So husbands and wives, vice versa. When you see that the spouse is doing something that you like or that you are happy with, take a moment to say, good job. Thank you. Like, I appreciate what you did. And you'll see how they begin to do it more and more and more and more and more. <clears throat> now, when they're doing things that are bad, obviously take that moment too. And, you know, also let them know. Say, hey, listen, you're not doing so well. Now, with children, we must do the same exact thing. If a child is not doing so well and he's misbehaving, you let him know that he's misbehaving. But if a child is also doing good, if you want him to continue to do good, well, then acknowledge the moments that he does good. Everything that a child does, everything that all of us do in humanity is always in some ways to seek that the other uh, gives us approval. This is what we, we, we live for. I mean, we're always in the constant, um, we're always looking for the constant approval of the other. So the same thing works with the child. The child is always looking for the parent to say good job. They're always looking for, not necessarily for the parent to say good job, but they want to make the parent happy, right? Because this is what the child first knows is, is love, right? So the child sees the mother and the father, and they always recognize that this is the first love of their life, even though they don't understand that subconsciously this is what happening is happening in the in the back of the child's mind he's looking at the mom and the dad and he goes you know i want their approval because i love them and they love me so when a kid does something like clean his room on his own stop it and, and, and acknowledge that moment as busy as you are in life just put a pause two seconds three seconds and you say good job when he does bad don't live in this new age society where we say you damage the child and you do this. No, the child needs to understand that when he's doing something wrong, you let him know what you're doing is wrong. So stop doing what you're doing. Don't do this. There's, you know, uh, discipline must be there. Beating the child doesn't necessarily get you nowhere. In, in many cases, you know, there's different ways to discipline a child to let him know that what he did was wrong. You know, um, many people say, what we need to do is beat our children more. No, what we need to do is get off of our cell phones and get off of TV and all these sports that fathers are watching and all these TikTok YouTube videos that the mom can't stop or shopping online or window, or let's better say phone shopping when they buy absolutely nothing sometimes or they waste their money and get themselves into massive debt because all they're looking is to escape reality, the reality that they don't like, which is that they have to take care of a child and they thought that the child was going to be such a beautiful thing and now they're dealing with his poop pee and all the different screaming and yelling and you know it's it's difficult so we don't discipline the child and then well who receives the how, how could you say it right the the bad end of all this well the teachers do because you have to send the child to school and when the child ends up going to school 
when this moment comes along, the child's in school, and then he's dealing with something that the teacher needs to do. The teacher needs to discipline him. Now, most of these kids, like what happened in one of the videos that we had watched with my wife, it was that there was a man or a young boy, a teenage boy, huge, big. I mean, he looked like he towered maybe a foot over this, this poor lady. But the teacher ends up taking his Nintendo Switch away. And then the kid gets infuriated. So what happens? The kid ends up running right behind the teacher and pretty much punches her and pushes her at the same time and lifts this poor lady off the ground and she falls down and he begins to beat her while she's unconscious. Now, do you think that this kid, whose fault is it? Do you think it's the kid's fault or do you think it's the parents that don't beat him, quote unquote? Because this is what a lot of people think is that you, 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 that child wasn't beat enough. No, really what it is is that you want to beat that child for the very thing that you probably cannot do yourself in your own home, right? So, no, I don't think it's either one's fault. I think it's the parent's fault. <clears throat> I think the parent needs to discipline the child more. Now, what begins to happen is with a lot of parents, and I began to see this in my business, you know, uh, that the child when he's little, you think that it looks cute. Correct the child when he does something wrong, no matter how small he is, even when he's one year old. Me and my wife do this all the time. If the child does something wrong, you don't laugh at it and think it's cute. This is a terrible, terrible thing. You go, oh my God, he's so cute. And then you want to take him, put him on YouTube so that everybody else sees how cute. And, you know, to me, this is honestly annoying to see this because I, I it, it saddens me to see that the parents think that it's cute and they laugh at it, but they don't see the ripple effects and the consequences that are about to hit them 20 years later. So when the moment comes, you discipline the child no matter how small he is. You say, stop it. Don't do that. That's not cute. Don't hit mom and dad. No, no, no. Bad, 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 right? Maybe you don't do it to the extent that you would to a six-year-old, to a 10-year-old, or to a 12-year-old, but you let him know right off the bat. No, 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 I don't like this. He may cry. If he cries, do not hug him and say, it's okay. No, you let him cry. Let him be. A child needs to learn how to suffer. If the child does not learn how to suffer, that at that moment, that, that day at one year old when you're telling him no and he cries, that's his first suffering. And it's okay because the child is going to suffer in society. You cannot be the one to save him from suffering. So the best thing you can do is to teach him to contend with suffering. At what age do you start? At whatever age it is necessary for you to correct the child. That suffering, that small suffering will teach him to deal with greater sufferings to come. But then you don't want to let him suffer. So when he turns 18 to 20 years old, now this kid, because you didn't correct him, Right at one year old, at five years old, at eight years old, at 12 years old, right? What began to happen? Now this kid has become a 16, 17, 18 year old monster who's about six feet. And maybe because genetically he got it from your brother or your grandfather or your mother, and you were probably a short human being, small. Now this kid towers over you. And if he towers over you, now this kid that you didn't correct and used to throw his fits, now these fits have amplified times a hundred. So now 
he doesn't just do his little stomp and scream and yell. Now he stomps, punches walls, throws objects, throws his console, breaks TVs, breaks walls, and breaks his, uh, like, the things that you buy him. And then because you're scared, because now you're five foot seven, five foot eight, and he's six two, you're freaked out. Because not only is his body bigger because you overfed the child and now he's really big. Now getting punched by a 275, 280 pound, six foot two, right? This is, this is a big boy. His swing, even if he doesn't know how to punch, even if he doesn't know how to throw a punch, the fact that you're small in a small little body, a punch from somebody like that will hurt. Now this is big because in, in a fight, in, in professional boxing or UFC, right, in mixed martial arts, they purposely put people in different weight categories. Because if you have 80 pounds over someone, that is such a massive, massive, massive benefit to the one who has the most weight. This is why they must do a weigh-in. So if you look over and you say, well, my son can't fight. All he needs to do is hit you once. Do you understand this? So what do you think the best way to control your kid would be? To begin to correct him when he's small. Confront the dragon when he's a little baby. And you can go into the cave and fight the dragon. Don't wait till this dragon is a monster and then that monster can devour you like nothing. Because this is crazy what's happening in our society. What it is, is it's the parents. It is not the child. It is the parents who are making these decisions because they don't know how to correct the child. So what do they do? They decide to just let the child be. So these are some of the statistics that I found. Right, check this out. So we have in an average in 2010, right? Now, 2010 to 2000, this is some of the averages that they found. An average of 1,175 physically attacked teachers, right? Physically attacked, including being knocked out each day of the school year in 2010. This was an average, okay? Now, I think that this got so bad that they had to soften the blow because this was the teacher's union. 6% of teachers were attacked on a daily basis in America. So you say to yourself, okay, well, 6%, that's not that bad. But you have to think how many teachers and staff exist in the United States. Well, I got that math too. There are 3.6 million teachers in America. Now, 3.6, now 6% of teachers and staff were attacked on a daily basis. Now what's 6% of 3.6 million? 216,000. Now in 2010, that number was almost half. So it was 3.5%. Now one comes from the Chicago Tribune, another one comes from teachers, um, uh, the teachers union, another one comes from patriots.com, another one comes from different sources. So they have different numbers. So I don't exactly know which one would be which because CBS said one, uh, teachers union said another one, patriot.com uh, said another one. So 
uh, each one kind of said something different. But if you look at it, regardless, if, even if it was 3.5% in 2010 of 3.6 million teachers in America, that's still half of 216,000. Do you understand that? That's still about 100, 100 people being attacked daily. But now we're at at today's number, it's 6% of 3.6 million teachers. This is crazy. We have to do something because what's going to happen is some of these, we're going to get to a point where they're going to create some rules where uh, they're going to begin to say, well, if the, if this is getting worse and worse on a daily basis and this is not being corrected, well, then what we need to do is we need to discipline the parents because the parents aren't doing nothing about it. You guys, this is something that must be done. I mean, why do you think a lot of these students are attacked too? A lot of these students that are attacking, uh, one of the main things that they find is that the, the child is spoiled, that everything is given to them. This is one of the common things that Psychology Today had found, that each one of these children are spoiled, that they're never said no to. We see this all the time when we used to have our kids in public schools, we would see that a kid would be throwing a fit and they would say, well, I'm not going to buy you the gloves. The mom would say, I won't buy you the gloves if you don't stop that. Well, the kid would continue to throw the fit and he would yell and he would get in the car. Well, what would happen? The next day we'd see the kid with the gloves or the toy that he was told that he would not get if he would throw his fit. Now, what do you think the kid thinks? The kid is processing all this. The kid looks over and he says to himself, well, I, I am, I, I, I throw my fit. I do what my feelings, what the feelings, the emotions that I have, I, I give into them and I still get what I want. What we all desire to do constantly is to give into our emotions. This is why husbands cheat. This is why friends uh, fight and, and they're, uh, they do their friend dirty. This is why with mothers and fathers, things will happen. You know, uh, you know the, a discipline of the child goes too far because he gives into the impulses, right, to his base passion. His passion is, you know, an uncontrollable desire. This is what a passion is. So a father will sometimes beat the child. This is why Child Protective Services needs to come in because he gives into his passion. You get angry. And the truth is you want to beat the snot out of the kid. This is true for all parents. Whoever says no, you are the fakest parent out there. Whoever looks over and does not want to throw their kid sometimes out of a window, you are the biggest liar that exists. There's moments that this happens and you have to learn how to control them because if not your kid, you will teach him the same thing to become an impulsive, uncontrollable child. And that child will one day grow up and he will be 280, 200, 320 pounds in six foot two. Do you understand this? You have to teach the child what's the best way to teach the child is not by telling him to do it, but by living it and in living it. You will never show him. You will never have to speak it with your own words, but you will have shown him how to live it. And he will see the benefits. And subconsciously, he will weigh out the benefits, the pros and the cons. And he will see that the pros outweigh the cons to being a disciplined human being. And then he'll see his friends and he'll see how his friends are impulsive people. 
and how they get suspended, how they become less successful. This is why it's so important fathers to be the person that is always with the child. It's important that a father learns to play with his child. You know, it's interesting. If you watch two people when they're conversating, depending on how the conversation goes, you could see how well the two people were 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 uh, kind of spoken to when they were little kids or how well they've adapted to society because, you know, or how well they are at communicating because communication is in, is in some ways a dance between two people, right? When you watch two people dancing, and they're very good at dancing, whether it's merengue, salsa, waltzing, ballroom, jazz, uh, who knows, slow dancing. You can always see them in the way that they dance if they dance well enough as partners and how long they've been dancing together. And it looks beautiful because it all flows. It just goes so, uh, you know, like a symphony. It just flows beautifully. Now, the same thing with the conversation. Two people, when they begin to conversate, it's like a dance. You can see two peoples and pause or mute them and you could see how well, you know, watching both of them, how their movements in some ways mimic each other and then also at the same time don't, but they flow together. Now you could close your eyes and listen to the conversation and you can see how well the two people are great at communicating depending on how the flow of the conversation goes. If it just flows, like it doesn't feel like they're jumping, right? Because imagine if you saw a dancer and they were like robotic movements. They went from one position to the other really quick and stiff. So a child learns to communicate with the father. And guess what? Being in a monogamous relationship for all of you who are listening to this podcast, and you probably don't have a spouse, say, uh, you, you're not, uh, maybe you're, you're engaged or maybe you're, you don't even have a girlfriend, but it is so important for you to be in a monogamous relationship because the highest levels of crimes come from families with no fathers. The highest levels of obesity come from families with no fathers. I mean, that one's a little bit different. I got to get into that another day. But also, uh, you know, intolerable children come from families with no fathers. Uh, in the big cities where there's a systemic racism and and uh you know all kinds of different things with morality one of the biggest things is that they don't have parents they don't have fathers in their lives now you have to remember that a father instills moral character into the child this is why i constantly push this always on my podcast stay in a monogamous relationship because the father must be there at the most, the most that he can be there in the child's life to teach him how to grow up with moral character. Because a man naturally, I'm not saying that a woman can't, I'm not saying this, but you have few cases of women that can uh, have a child and then allow him to be raised in a society where he has great moral character, you know? Uh, you do have a few people, and some of you are, are probably sitting there saying, well, Juan, like, what about Kevin Hart? He wasn't. Yeah, you do have a few people in the society which just happen to beat the norm. So this is the very thing that you must do. You have to see that the anomaly here, the, the, the one thing 
that makes sense is the fact that the father is never there. So uh, fathers, be there for your kids when these moments comes. Discipline your child. Be a part of your child's life. You know that the best way for us, the best way to show love to a child is to correct him. If you, if you don't correct the child, in essence, what you tell him is that you are so much time. You, it, it's, it's so annoying to take my time to correct you. There's more other important things than you. Do you understand this? Think about every time that you don't want to correct your child. It's because you just don't want to deal with it. It's like, this is so annoying that I have to deal with you, that I have to do this. Well, why do you think the child is the way he is? He is that way because you taught him to be that way. So you have to stop in, 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 in as difficult as, may, as it may be. In moms, you have to let the father correct the child. This is one thing that we're facing in our society. And me and my wife, we do these, I guess you could call it like couples counseling. And one of the things that we always see is that the father wants to correct the child and the mother sees that the child is suffering. And this is within the nature of the mother to always want to do this is to protect this, the child from everybody. You know, she's kind of like mother bear. In nature, you kind of have the mom, and the mom protects the cub from everybody, even from the father. Even when the father, you know, but then again, nature is completely different. But this is what the mom does. She's kind of plays mother bear. And when the child is being corrected, don't talk to him like this. And as difficult as it may be, you have to let the father correct. Now, when the father begins to beat the snot, the snot out of the child, I think that's when the mom should, in some sense, intervene and kind of stop that. But this is a very, very important thing. The mom must learn to let the father correct the child because that correction and that suffering that he's going through at that moment, as difficult as it may be, that's the very thing that's going to help him to grow, to be a strong, moral, ethically a virtuous young man when he gets older is the correction from the father. Now, the mom, because the mom is so much filled with estrogen because this is within her biology, she's naturally an emotional woman. So the first thing that she wants to do always is to like see the child for who he is at the moment. Now, the father tends to not have as much sympathy because, as I've said many times, he's filled with mainly testosterone. So because of the testosterone that exists within the man, he's always thinking of tomorrow, right? Because testosterone naturally gives you cognition, mental cognition. So you're always looking into the future for the very thing that the child is. So you see this, you know, I see this all the time with, with kids, the mom and dad come along and you, I see that they give them a phone to try to calm them down. And then the kid throws the phone and then they they laugh about it. Oh, he's so cute. Oh, don't do that. Don't do this. You know, instead of disciplining the child, you know, and this becomes very difficult. You know, what the, the kid will do in public, yeah, it's a different thing. But you must discipline the child as difficult as it may be and as hard as you may feel at that moment. Also, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're in public or not. Discipline the child. Don't discipline the child moments hours or days later because then the chill the child just looks over in his mind and as 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 dumb as this may seem to you you look over and you say well he's a six-year-old or he's a 10-year-old and he should know if a day later i'm i'm disciplining him he knows what it's for no you'd be surprised how many times the kid even though he knows that that's what happened 10 days ago or two days ago or 
seven, 10 hours ago at, tw at 12 years old, he looks over and he kind of processes through, through his mind. He goes like, why is he disciplining me? You can tell him, you can explain everything, but you should discipline the child there. You should stop and you should say, find a way to pull him aside, to take him outside. Or if you're in a public space, you're not beating the child. And who cares what society says? Because if you don't discipline the child right then and there, what he does is he goes, well, I can do what I want now because dad never corrects me in public. Mom never corrects me in public. So this is what begins to happen. There's different ways to discipline the child. Trust me, it doesn't have to be that you beat the kid, that you grab the kid, that you smack the kid. There's different ways. You know, I've seen some parents that'll sit there and they play the patient game and they go, what, you want to throw your fit? Well, fine, we'll stand right here until you're done. And they'll let them throw the fit. And they'll look over at the other parents and they say, sorry for my kid throwing his fit. And the kid, as soon as you begin to call out the child for the fit that he's throwing, and I've done this a few times myself, you know, when you, when, when you give acknowledgement to the child and other people begin to see how embarrassing it is, you know, they go, oh, and then the child begins to see, oh my God, what I'm doing, this is embarrassing. Like, this is very embarrassing that I'm being recognized for the bad that I am. And the kid in some ways kind of like he stops it. And then he goes, don't do that, mom, or don't do that, dad. Well, then get up. Get up. Like, stop throwing your fit. I'm not going to buy you what you want. You don't like it? Oh, well, I don't care. Who cares what society says? But we're living in a society now where any little thing, they make you, they attack you. Oh, you're such a bad. Who cares? Who cares? Just tell the child that he's being bad. You're being bad. You're not acting good. But then when he does good, compliment him, acknowledge it, let him know, let him know that you see the good that he's doing. So I don't know. I think that all this that's happening in America, I think it's this attack on teachers and all the discipline. You know, my, my brother was telling me, he was saying that there's this kid who has smacked, uh, beaten, hit little, little girls. And the kid, like, after he headlocked the girl and pretty much beat her, punched her in the side of the head, you know, he ended up just getting one day of suspension. And he had done multiple things. And all he did, all that happened was he was suspended one day. And then he came back and, and continued the same way. And this is something that the, the child must be disciplined at home. It's not the job of the teacher to do this, to discipline the child. Now, if he has to, he must discipline the child at school. If your kid gets disciplined at school, don't be the parent that comes over to school and says, what did the teacher do? Don't always listen to the child. A majority of the time you do have a few cases and you must always ask, and is it annoying that you have to figure out whether it's the teacher or the child? Yes, but you're the mother and you're, you're the father. You must do this. You must sit there and take the time and find out what exactly happened. Not so that you could go yell at the teacher. Not so that you could go yell at the child. Or who should you yell at? No. You're trying to find out because you're a good father and you just want to know what's going on in your son's life. Let alone for put aside the teacher and put aside the discipline of the child. Was it the teacher that was doing bad or was it the child that was doing bad? I need to figure out and be Sherlock Holmes and find out. It's elementary, Watson. No, this is just you being a great father or mother, listening to your child. And you have to do this. And you listen and you find out, was it the teacher's fault or was it my son's fault?
And more than likely, a majority of the times, it is the child's fault because there's very few things. And don't find excuses to say to yourself, well, it was the teacher because he should have said this. No, because guess what? In society, if you teach your kid that they didn't talk to him right or they didn't say this to him right or they didn't go about him this way, you have to teach the child that he must receive correction from a higher authority figure most of the time unless that authority figure is abusing his powers and how do you teach this to the child you begin to show him at school you teach him you say hey listen it doesn't matter how he said it or not were you doing wrong yes well then what i care is that you did wrong and if the teacher didn't correct you in the nicest way i don't give a you know what who cares you know what you do you correct the child it doesn't matter how the teacher did it. It doesn't matter how the teacher corrected the child. It's your fault that the child was acting that way. And if the child was acting that way, he was throwing a fit. It is your fault. Because if you were a parent that paid attention and acknowledged the child, then the moment that he was throwing his fit, you would have corrected him. He's throwing a fit because it is upon you. You didn't do the job as a mother or father to correct the child. We have to admit that sometimes we don't like our own children. Can you love your child and not like what he does? Yes. Acknowledge this. Think about what I'm saying because I don't want you guys going around saying Juan on the podcast said that we don't love our children. No, you can love your child and not like what he does. There's mothers who you've seen this in court cases and many scenarios where mothers love the child but hate the action that he did because he committed murder. Do they stop loving him? No. This is, this is the natural love that a mother has towards a child. You have to admit that sometimes you don't like your own children because if you don't admit it, then you will lie to yourself and you will say, well, my child is a good child. If you don't like your child and he's your blood child and sometimes you want to throw him outside of a window, what do you think society is going to want to do with him? You're the mother and you're the father. And you hold back sometimes from beating the snot out of the kid or smacking him. Because why? Because you love the child, right? He's your blood. The last thing you want to do is be the very person that hurts him that bad. And you see that it's possible. It's cap- It's out there. You see it with the, uh, Fer- it was the, the Hernandez, the Fernando, uh, Gabriel Fernandez trial or something like that. That was the documentary that was put on Netflix. Parents that beat, beat the children so bad. And we're, human beings are capable of this. You have to admit that sometimes you don't like your kid. And when that moment comes, accept it and say, you know what? I don't like this kid right now. Like, oh, like I must, I must correct this because if I don't like him, society is going to hate him. And one day there will be a bully. There will be somebody that's going to come along and maybe your kid's the bully. Somebody's going to come along that's going to be bigger than him and beat him. And then when your kid's the one on the receiving end of this, trust me when I tell you, you will not be so happy. So with that said, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Correct the children. Correct your child and admit that sometimes you don't like him. Admit this to yourself. The sooner you do, the sooner you will begin to correct your child. So we'll we'll uh, finish off this podcast. Don't forget to rate the podcast. Hit that five star. Um, or whatever it is that you feel, you know, that this podcast deserves. 
don't forget to share the podcast. Uh, these podcasts have been helping out so many different people. I try to put them out. I'm so sorry that I don't get around to doing this more often, but I try to be as consistent as I can with this. There's so many topics. It's, you pe- people, I want you guys to understand it's not the topics. I can I have topics for days. If you look at my phone, I have on my notes, I have one topic after another, after another, after another, after another, lined up, ready to go. But you got to remember, I have seven children. My wife is pregnant with the eighth. We homeschool. We own our own business. Uh, we do so many things for the church. So we're constantly busy. And I have this podcast. And I try to be a father that's involved as I can be with all of my children. I try to take as much time as I can individually for each one of them to tell them that I love them, that I care for them, to correct them the way that you should. I try to be there as much as I can. In many ways, I'm practicing all the things that I'm telling you to do. I practice these things myself. I'm not saying that I'm the perfect parent or I'm the perfect person. No, but I have seen this a lot in in families and churches with my own family, with my own immediate mom and dad, right? My brothers and sisters and with my own children, I try to put these things into practice. I'm always trying to aspire to be a better person. I am nowhere near perfect. So don't forget to share the podcast uh, with everybody. So many people have said that they've received so much help and uh, always try to support the podcast. Uh, you can link up on the Patreon that I have um, uh, so that you can support in any way possible. Uh, and uh, don't forget to hit that notification and subscribe so that you get notified every single time that each new podcast episode comes out. And please, please, please share the podcast, rate the podcast. I, I've had, uh, I had seven episodes on the Valentine's Day special, and it was supposed to be a seven-day episode uh, for last year. It was for 2022. I did a seven-episode special for Valentine's Day. Well, guess what? They deleted the seventh episode, which it talked about the love of God and what exactly is the love that you should have between a relationship, which it was, you know, uh, always entering into death, not physical death, but an ontological death, the death of the being, you know, because when two couples give themselves completely to each other, the essence of that, the highest action of that love is the willing to give oneself completely. And it wasn't nothing bad. I wasn't speaking anything. I mean, I've talked about LGBTQ, a bunch of different things, gender ideology, politics. I've talked about, I mean, geez, economics, all kinds of different things, hair. And they didn't delete none of those. They've deleted other ones. They deleted one of the news for thought. They deleted um, also the the seventh episode on the Valentine's Day special. Um, I just put out one on the news for thought. If you can't hear it on Apple Podcasts, check it out on Podbeam if it's up there, if they haven't deleted that one yet. But I spoke about multiple different things from attacks that are happening between U- Ukraine and Russia, uh, COVID, uh, all, all different kinds of things. So check out that news for thought. If you can't hear it on Apple Podcasts, go on to podbeam.com, just make an account and listen to it. Um, hopefully God willing, you know, I get the support to be able to make my own complete website, the own channel where it'll link out into all these other different apps. So, uh, don't forget, rate the podcast, share the podcast, subscribe to the podcast. And don't forget to also check out Bon Appetit Restaurante, which is located in 386 Norwich Westerly Road, North Stonington, Connecticut. Now, remember, if you want a great restaurant, always look at 
ratings that are 4.5 or higher. Now this place has over 461 people that have rated it and it is rated 4.5 or higher. I always say a good decent restaurant, right? Like if you want to have a good night out for uh, 4.0 or higher, right? If you want like a pretty good, you know, 4.2 or higher, you want something that's a little bit more impressive, 4.5 or higher. Well, guess what? They are rated 4.5 or higher. The owners are great. The service is great. The food is great. The wine selection is great. Check out Bon Appetit Restaurante located, located in 386 Norwich Westerly Road in North Stonington, Connecticut. Well, until then, thank you for everything. Thank you for listening. And hopefully this podcast helps you out. Until then, God bless.